It's really a major buzzkill. Major buzzkill. Wait, the voice of this guy reminds me of all the those like um ready TikToks. Yeah. Vanessa. I don't know if it's like the face and the voice together is reminding me of Freddy. No, the the voice does remind me of that too. I, I was thinking about it when I heard those TikToks. I was like, it sounds like it sounds like Craig. <laughs> Vanessa. I'm a material girl. I like the one where it's like, I missed the mark where that was my problem. <laughs> I like the one where it's like, Vanessa, how am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? <laughs> Those are really funny. You yeah, just like keep this part in. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone. Hi <laughs> Welcome to Major Buzzkills. We're talking about TikToks, obviously. We are a Five Nights at Freddy Stan podcast. Now. We really are. We really <laughs> are. That's like all on my it's my entire for you page is the Five Nights and Freddy sound and then <laughs> Euphoria. It's all Euphoria, like spoilers and like people and their um their like predictions for the season. <clears throat> like, I don't I have a even... lot of euphoria on here. I had like, like the ones making fun of how they dress to school where it's like walking into school, forgetting you go to school like with the euphoria cast and it's like, and where is your uniform? Oh, I had those too. No, now <laughs> mine is like unironic, like predictions of the season. And I'm just like, I don't really want this. I think because I liked all of those ones, that was like the where is your uniform and it yeah. had like the euphoria tag so now like everything on my for you page is the for like the euphoria tag yeah so i need to stop my like entire for you page is like witch talk euphoria and then like elmo sound and five nights at freddy stop i'm obsessed with elmo right now <laughs> <laughs> the elmo talk is is certainly a treat oh and i love the the one with the babies i know you don't love her but i love her yeah, no, I can't get into her. I'm sorry. Chris doesn't think the babies are cute. I think those babies are fucking cute. And I think that she's just, like, fun, and she's just a single mom with those twin babies, and she's just living her life. I guess. I love her. <laughs> and yeah. I don't really like kids that much, and I like to watch her and her babies and her adventures and what yeah. the fuck she does all day. Yeah, no. But, yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's jump in because have we done just... Virginia already? No. Where's do you want to Nor- do? Where's Norfolk? Nor Norfolk? How do you say that? That's Virginia. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I do want to do Virginia Why? episode. All right, let's do the Norfolk Four. However you say it. <laughs> the Norfolk Four. What is that? About like the four guys who were accused of. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to the episode. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, wait. I the think four I guys know. who were accused of, like, raping and murdering a girl, and literally, like, every single one of them denied it, whatever, there's no evidence. And then, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> no, I, I found it. I found it. It's okay. okay. I found it. We can do we can do Virginia next week. Cool. And then if you want to take that one, you can just take take that. That's all you. Well, it's not an unsolved, so... I would be doing a murder next oh, week. Oh, you would be doing it anyway. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. It was solved. <laughs> oh, that's good. How fantastic. Um, okay. Let's dive in. So I am doing 
Um, Henry Lewis Wallace. And I actually like never really heard of him and I like couldn't think of any podcasts that I had listened to in the past, like about him, just because mm-hmm. I was I usually know like these names, but I listened to a few podcasts today about him. And I also, actually we're, like we're in North Carolina. We didn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I always suck at doing that. We're in North <laughs> Carolina. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but he's also known as the Taco Bell Strangler. So, yeah, it's like not fun, but I was like, that's a, that's a fun name, but he did murder 10 women. So that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he is an American serial killer and he killed 10 people or 10 women. I'm sorry. In Charlotte. And he was executed for his crimes. So I'll jump into a little bit about who he is and his life. Henry was born in Barnwell, South Carolina. Um, and he was born to like a very strict working mother. And a lot of the reports that I read was that she was like a very harsh disciplinarian and was constantly criticizing of him and just not the easiest mother. And in cases like this, it's like, yes, this is very sad that he had to deal with this, but it's a situation where like a lot of people I didn't turn into a serial killer and I have a very strict mother. Yeah, and Sam was never sent to Ecuador. And get criticized. <laughs> El Salvador. Lisa, how are we friends for this long and you still don't know where I'm from? What did I say? Ecuador? Ecuador. <laughs> I'm sorry. El Salvador. <laughs> um, Bitch. Did you watch Encanto? Yes. So good, right? We talked about it and I said it was very anticlimactic, though. Oh, but we texted about it and like, it was where anticlimactic. Was, like, it was very good music, had so much potential. Maybe they're building up for a second movie or something like that. But it was like, it just, like I was like, where's the drama? Where's her adventure? There was no adventure. <laughs> yeah, there really wasn't. Sorry. Sorry to get sidetracked. I just really right. love the soundtrack. I know. I'm um, with Bruno's song. It's so good. Uh, but so back to the murderer. Something that I found interesting was he was a cheerleader on his um in his like high school cheer squad which i was like interesting of him to be doing that but he graduated high school in 1983 and he became a disc jockey at a local radio station in barnwell so he went to several colleges before he ended up just joining the u.s navy and that was in 1985 and then he ended up marrying his high school sweetheart um her name was marietta Barbham. They were married and then he was honorably discharged from the Navy in 1992. So he had like kind of a normal time during those time periods, I guess. Like I didn't see a lot of reports of like a lot of crazy things that he did during that time. But when he was in the Navy, he started using drugs. And one of the drugs that he started using heavily was crack cocaine. And a lot of people know, like, knew him afterwards as a known, um, you know, a known crack cocaine addict. So he was served several warrants um, for, like, burglaries, and he just started doing some petty crimes in, like, Seattle, and he was just not, you know, not doing great. It was a heavy decline when he started doing drugs, and he was arrested for breaking into a hardware store in 1988 and that was like his first criminal offense kind of and that june he pled guilty to second degree burglary and a judge sentenced him to two years of probation so according to a lot of reports he 
like stopped showing up to a lot of the mandatory meetings that he needed to go to. And this caused him to be on like a lot of people's radars. And he just like was not being a very productive member of society during this time. But we'll get into some of his antics then. So um, on March 8th, 1990, he ended up murdering his first victim, who is Tashonda Betha, and she was a Barnwell High School student. Um, he ended up strangling her, and then he dumped her body in a lake in his hometown. It wasn't until several weeks later that her body was discovered. He was questioned by police regarding her disappearance and her death, but he was never formally charged in this murder at this time. He was also questioned in connection with the attempted rape of another 16-year-old girl in the same area, but he was never charged for that either. Um, and now at this time, his marriage had completely fallen apart. His life is in complete shambles, and he ended up getting fired from his pretty well-paying job as a chem chemical operator for Sanzo Chemical Co. So this is the heavy decline. Um, and then in February 1991, he ended up breaking into... Barnwell High School and the radio station where he used to be a disc jockey and he stole a lot of valuables, recording equipment, and he ended up getting caught trying to pawn off these items that he stole from this radio station. And then in November of 1991, he decided that he wanted to relocate to Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is where he had found several jobs in the fast food industry. And he eventually became a manager at Taco Bell. So this is where he kind of gets his name. And something that's interesting about him is a lot of his victims he had a connection to, like he knew them personally. And like a lot of these were not just like an act of like just random. He knew a lot of these people, whether it was like through a friend or whatever, he, he knew them. So very strange. But in May of 1992, he ended up picking up 33-year-old Sharon Nance, and um, she was a convicted drug dealer, and she was also a sex worker, and she had performed some acts on him, and when she demanded that he pay for his services, he ended up beating her to death and then dropped her body off by the railroad tracks, and then she was found a few days later, but they didn't really have any leads on who could have did this, and... At this time in this area, a lot of his victims were young black women, and most of the time, police really didn't take a lot of these murders seriously, so a lot of these women needed justice, and they really didn't get it in time, and if he honestly would have been caught earlier, a lot of these things wouldn't have happened. If maybe the police would have taken a little bit more time and consideration and just resource into like figuring out who was murdering these women, then maybe some victims would have been spared. But the police really botched this case on on this. But there was like a really good detective, and we'll get into him later. But in June of 1992, so the same year that he killed Sharon, um, he ended up raping and strangling Carolyn Love at her apartment. And then he dumps her body in a nearby wooded area. So he knew Love because Love was one of Wallace's girlfriend's friends. So this was the connection. And she was also a roommate of his girlfriend and a college student. They were she worked, roommates. They were roommates. And she worked at a Bojangles at the time of her disappearance. A Bojangles. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just think very, southern, cool. very southern. Very <laughs> southern. 
after he killed her, his girlfriend and his sister ended up filing a missing persons report. He also went to the police station with them to file this missing persons report, knowing damn well that he was the person that caused this woman to disappear, Um, which is strange. Very ballsy. Um, It would be almost two years before her body was discovered. Um, So they found her in March of 1994 in a wooded area in Charlotte, which is insane that it took that long. And then on February 19th, 1993, Wallace ended up strangling 20-year-old Shauna Hawk at her home. Um, He had also sexually assaulted her, and he later went to her funeral. Like, he showed up there. He was super weird with wanting to be involved in all of the cases which is why he was you know known to like know his victims mm-hmm. so hawk actually worked at the taco bell that wallace um was the supervisor of she was also a college student studying to com- become a paralegal and hawk's mother who's like an absolute badass she really really like stepped up in this case and wanted a lot of the justice for you know these women she ended up found like she founded with the godmother of um with Shauna. She ended up founding this uh, like an organization. Um it's called Mothers of Murdered Offspring and it's a Charlotte-based support group for parents of murdered children. And it's just super sad that this happens to this woman and her her daughter, you know. Yeah. But the murdering did not stop there because on June 22nd, he raped and strangled his Taco Bell coworker and manager, Audrey Spain, who was 24. And then her body was found two and a half days later. Um, he also ended up in August raping and strangling Valenka M. Jumper. And she was a college student at Columbia SC. And he knew her because she was a friend of his sister's. He then set her on fire and her apartment to cover up the crime. So there really wasn't any evidence when they found her of like that could like connect to him. But a few days after the murder, her and her sister went um, a few days after the murder. He ended up going with his sister to Valencia's funeral. He even sent her family like condolences and like talked to them. And it was like super fucking weird. So really, really fucked up. Um, And then a month later, in September of 1993, he went to the apartment of 20-year-old Michelle Stinson. She was another college student, and she was a dedicated single mother of two young sons. Her sons were aged one and three. Stinson was a friend um, of his from Taco Bell. He ended up raping her and killing her. Um, And then he stabbed her in front of her oldest son, which was a little bit against his M.O. because he was really just strangling them at the time. Um, So that was like super, super weird. And then in October, he ended up having a child with someone like he was a father now. Um, But the killings kept going. You would think after like he became a parent, maybe he would have a change of heart. No. You so on February 4th, 19, yeah, <laughs> no, no, um, February 4th, 1994, Wallace was arrested for shoplifting, but police had not made any connections between him and the murders. Like he's just still on, on the run, killing anyone in sight, basically any of his friends really. So on February 20th, 1994, after Shauna's mother had made an appeal to the public to find her daughter's murderer, 
Wallace ended up raping and strangling Vanessa Little Mac, 25, in her Charlotte apartment. He had also known her through um, her sister, who was a coworker at the Taco Bell where he supervised. She worked as a medical escort at a local hospital. She also had two daughters, and one was age seven and one was four months at the time of her death. And then on March, I know, he's like really such a fucking monster. On March 8th, 1994, Wallace robbed, raped, and strangled 24-year-old Betty Jean um, Baucombe a day after her birthday. And Baucombe and Wallace's girlfriend were coworkers at Bojangles where she was the assistant manager. And she had also been a mother. She had a three-year-old daughter. So he is a fucking monster. But... Wallace went back to that same apartment complex on the night of March 8, 1994, knowing that Burness Woods would be at work so he could murder his girlfriend. So he knew this man's girlfriend, and he ended up, you know, killing her. Um, Brandy June Henderson was her name, and Miss Henderson was a student and a homemaker taking care of her infant son as well. Um, Wallace ended up raping her. and he strangled her. He also strangled her son, but he survived, which was honestly like a miracle. The police increased their patrols at this time because now at this point there's 10 victim or there's nine victims and people are getting no answers. And a lot of the public is really, you know, trying to get answers for why these women are going missing and the police really aren't doing much so i think after public outcry the police decided that they were going to up their patrols so um even though like the apartment complex because now two women had been murdered there had an increase of police patrol there wallace ended up sneaking through to rob and strangle deborah ann slaughter who had been a co-worker of his girlfriend's he stabbed her 38 times in the stomach and the chest, and they found her body body on March 12th. But luckily, Wallace ended up being, you know, they ended up connecting him to these murders, so he was arrested on March 13th, 1994. And after 12 hours, he confessed to the murder of 10 women. He also confessed to the 11th murder that he committed before moving, so it was that first murder of that high school student. And he described in detail... Um, the women's appearances, how he sexually assaulted them, how he would rob them, and how he killed them. He also went into extreme detail about his crack habit. But, you know, this was not the easiest case. A lot of people were not happy with the way that the police handled this um, because this was, um, like, a prominently black community. People criticized the police conduct during the investigation, accusing them of neglect of, you know, this could have been prevented if they had looked a little further into it. Maybe some of these women would still be alive if the police had, you know, gone out of their way to even just do a little bit more research and cared a little bit more. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So one of the victim's mothers, Shauna Dennis Hawk's mother, D. Sumter, said that the victims were prominent if the victims uh, so the victims weren't prominent people with social economic status. They weren't special and they were black. So she was basically just saying that the the Charlotte Police Department, that's how they saw them. 
Charlotte's police chief, Dennis Nowaki, has said that he was not aware of the killer until March 1994, when three young black women were murdered within four days of each other. The police department did apologize to its residents for not spotting a link amongst the murderers amongst the murders sooner. However, they said that the murderer the murder case varied enough to throw them off of Wallace's case of like his trail. Um, so then in 1994, the deaths were sporadic and until like it was till like he really got to that apartment complex, they were saying that they couldn't really connect him. They were just really trying to make excuses, honestly. Um, so then Wallace was sentenced to death on June 5th, 1998. And I hate when people do this. He ended up marrying a former prison nurse, Rebecca Torres. Like while he was on death row. Like, why do people do this? Yeah. Um, it's so weird, but yeah. Yeah, this guy's nuts. I mean, like, it's just crazy that he had connections to each one of his victims, and then he would go as far as to, like, go to the funerals or even, like, him filing the missing persons report with his sister and his girlfriend for, like, the woman that he murdered is yeah. just absurd. This guy's, like, an absolute fucking psycho. But, yeah, that is the case. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a good story. Thanks. I got a lot of my information from um there was a podcast that I listened to today and it was called A Murder Down South and they were super cute. They were like this um they were like a young married couple, I think, and they were talking about this case. They're both from the South and I think that the one girl in it is from um I think she's from Charlotte, North Carolina. So she knew a lot of the area. There's also a documentary that is out about this right now on Investigate Discovery. And it's called Bad Henry. Um, and it's, like, super good. And it goes into, like, extreme detail about, like, the detective on the case. Um, he was, like, one of, like, the like the first – I think he was, like, the first black detective that was able to kind of, like, get his, like – he really got his name out there by like making sure that like this was a case that was like known and like looked into and all of this stuff. Yeah. So a lot of information there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Would you say the name I of the podcast? Yeah. Um, hold on. It was called like Murders Down South or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, Murder Down South. There was someone like driving and by blasting their... music at the same time that you were saying it, so I missed it when you said the name of it. Oh, if you said the I'm name sorry. of it before, <laughs> I did, I did. Um, but yeah, that's the case. So loved it. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is so off topic, but something you like just said reminded me maybe it wasn't something you just said maybe something i saw on my that came up popped up on my phone um since we were talking about tiktoks before and what tiktok <laughs> we're on i'm also on the tiktok mm-hmm. where people are taking the sound of like the audience reaction to spider-man no way home and putting it to other movies have you seen that no send me one yeah i have to start sending this to you i'll send it to you when we get off here were you just listening to a TikTok? <laughs> I just opened TikTok by accident, forgetting that my phone was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. That something just reminded me of that, and I didn't even know what it was. But okay, <laughs> I will go now. So I'm doing the unsolved. You sure? Shocker. 
Um, <laughs> so my story takes place in on Memorial Day weekend in 2020. Ooh. So it's very recent. Recent? Yeah. Um, okay. So I also listened to Crime Junkie for this also. Well, I listened to most of it and listened to the whole thing. <laughs> you have time to. <laughs> and, um, so, Memorial Day weekend, 2020, a group of eight soldiers went camping at South Core Banks. I really feel like I spelled that wrong, or like my... Okay, no, that's right. Um, went <laughs> camping at South Core Banks, which is a barrier island along Cape Lookout National Seashore. They went camping between mile marker 46 and 47. On the night of May 22nd, 2020... Enrique Roman Martinez went missing overnight in the pouring rain. Enrique was a human resource specialist assigned to headquarters company 37th Brigade Engineer Battalion, um, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division. So, um, no, I already said they were soldiers. I was like, did I mention that? He was described (laughs) as shy, quiet, sweet, and respectful by his sister, he joined the military when he was 17 years old because he wanted to help his family because his mother was working three jobs and his father was not in the picture. The next day, the group of soldiers went looking for him throughout the day and could not find him. Um, they eventually contacted the police later that evening when they could not find him after searching for him all day. Um, on the 911 call, the friend explained to the dispatcher that they were worried about him and think something may have happened to him. They explained that he did not bring anything with him, not even his phone or his glasses, and he supposedly had, like, really bad eyesight. Um, He also explained that they went to bed at 12.03 a.m. the night before, and he woke up at around 8.30 a.m. that day and started looking for him, and they were all looking for Enrique all day. The call to 911 happened at about 7 p.m. When asked by the dispatcher whether Roman Martinez had any known medical or mental health conditions. The caller said he wasn't diagnosed, but he did have suicidal tendencies. Um, Oh, that's good. But his sister made a comment about this. So she said that that was, the call was extremely out of the ordinary. She said it was weird that he didn't bring his glasses or his phone because he always brought that stuff everywhere with him. Um, His sister also disagreed that he had any suicidal tendencies. She said that they had a conversation about that, like, years in the past, like, at Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And he would never do something like that because he wouldn't do that to his mom. I mean, I'm sure maybe a lot changed once he enlisted. But this is what her point of view is on him. Um, So the call to 911 was made at about 7 p.m. And then the first officer arrived at about 7.15 p.m. They questioned the group of friends and... While they were questioning the friends, they the friends mentioned that um, at some point during the day, like, a park ranger came over to them and asked them to move their cars. But in this interaction mm-hmm. with the park rangers, they didn't mention that their friend was missing, which is odd. That's weird, because right? he was missing at that time. Yeah, because he went missing at 8.30 a.m., and then they don't know exactly what time the park ranger came and spoke with them, but it was sometime during the day, and must have been after he went missing, but yeah strange i would have been like my friend is missing exactly right by the way (laughs) so um, (laughs) by the way (laughs) so multiple agencies have assisted with the investigation um including the national park rangers u.s coast guard the marine patrol um the moxville police department carteret county sheriff's office wayne county sheriff's office north carolina's national guard volunteer paratroopers from 
his um, unit. Um, okay, I wrote here, I was like, I don't know if I mentioned all the days of the week. So they started camping Friday night. And it, that mm-hmm. same night, Enrique's tent also happened to come down that night. So his friends mentioned that they helped him put it back up. Um, and then they all went to bed, or at least they all separated at 12.03 a.m. And then at about 8.30 a.m. on Saturday morning, um, they say that they noticed he was missing. And then Sunday is when the Coast Guard joined the search and then found nothing. Um, Monday was when the North Carolina Marine Patrol searched, and they also found nothing. Then Tuesday, the Army sent in soldiers um, to do a search, and again, nothing. Um, During these few days also of searching, there were several storms, so I'm sure that did not help with any type of evidence that there was. I'm out of breath. <laughs> need my inhaler. I hate when that happens. Like I need to get my inhaler. <laughs> oh. And then on Tuesday, May 26th, um, is when the news release from the 82nd Airborne Division stated that um, Enrique Roman Martinez was last seen on May 23rd, 2020. I don't know why I said the year. Hmm. We know what year it is. Um, someone made a Facebook comment on a missing person notice that said, and they said that Enrique looked like a guy that they saw on Saturday on the back of a Jeep that was driving extremely fast. So, of course, people, like, speculate. On the back of a Jeep? Yeah, like, he was, like, standing on, like, the step rail. Oh, that's so fucking weird. And they, like, people speculated this. They were like, there's no way because he went missing at 8.30 a.m., blah, blah, blah. But it's also that, like, they didn't mention what time they saw this happen. Um, yeah. And then the only reason Weird. why people, like, believe this was because the friends, the group of friends that were with him had a Jeep. And, and um, mm. I think someone also said that they spotted a Jeep with, like, a um, another truck that the friend group had driving behind it. I don't know if someone said that or if they questioned if, they, if someone saw, spotted that as well. Um, but they looked into this. Nothing really happened. Nothing, you know, not much came from it. And then I'm also just like not too sure how good of friends that they are with Enrique because when the friend made the call to the to nine one one and the dispatcher asked like what Enrique's name was, he first got the name wrong, and then on top of that, he also like got the description of him wrong. Like he said that Enrique must have been like 180 pounds and like five seven or whatever. And really, Enrique is like 120 pounds and 5'4". I mean, obviously, I don't know my friend's weight, but I would Like, if I went missing, you could take a guess that I'm like 5'3", and then whatever. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And I don't think I would get your name wrong. (laughs) I guess maybe if you're being nervous, like... But, but yeah, so that was just I don't odd. think I would get your – I don't think I would get your name wrong even if I was so nervous. I think I would just be overly saying your name. Like, what would you say my middle lot. name is? Um, <laughs> I would say Rosalita. Rosalita. Perfect. I would say Samantha Rosalita is missing. <laughs> Put posters everywhere. <laughs> Samantha Rosalita Nisi, please. 911. <laughs> um, so then 10 days later – after he went missing, it was reported that partial human remains washed up on the Shackleford Banks, which was the beach that was right across from Cape Lookout. So the family wasn't even notified about this from the police. They were notified from the media, which is shitty. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, that happens a lot, I feel like, in these cases. Like, it, like a lot of times I see that like the family was not notified through anyone in law enforcement, but they were notified through, like, 
someone saying like word of mouth or like the news outlet saying that a body had been found or something like it's insane it is insane it's like whose is it like it's like the media needs to chill out or these detectives need to be quicker with letting the family know no yeah totally um so the autopsy says and i'm gonna be reading this like right from the crime online that i was looking at i'll link it okay roman martinez's head was found with a somewhat crescent-shaped in- incise wound. The article says, Roman Martinez's head was found with somewhat crescent-shaped incise verse chop wound that was hmm. about three-fourths of an inch deep and part up the spine up the seventh cervical cervical vertebrae. I can't read medical terms. While decapitation is and of itself universally fatal, the remainder of the body in this case was not available for examination and therefore potential causes of death involving the torso and extremities cannot be excluded, the autopsy report states. It is therefore my opinion that while a definitive cause of death can be de- cannot be determined, the findings in this case are most consistent with death due to homicide, the medical examiner So... The FBI's evidence recovery and dive teams went to the seashore in December to assist in a search for more remains, but this took three days for a search to start. So the family was not, obviously not happy about this. They were like, I feel it. The family said, mostly his sister, she talked, she spoke out a lot about this. And she said that she felt like once they found the head, that they didn't really take it seriously after that. And, you know, obviously they were not happy that like it took them three days to start a search because they went to go start. They went to go look for more remains. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, another autopsy was done, and I can't find it anywhere, but luckily Crime Junkie found it, so I listened to it. Mm. Um, <laughs> in the episode, Britt reads the report, and the easiest way to explain it is that there is a clear evidence trauma to the skull and spine, and the specific cause of death cannot be determined, but the manner of death is definitely homicide. It was not a shar- shark or a boat, and it was definitely done by a human. So basically, like, what she read also. Wow. She read, like, all the fancy medical terms. Um, I was trying to type <laughs> fast as I listened to her. And basically, like, what she, the part that she read was just the medical examiner just stating, like, there's no way that his head could have been decapitated like that by anything other than a human using weapons to cut it all. Holy shit. So the army does not really speak on this. And then at the one-year anniversary, all they said was that the investigation is still ongoing. Um, eventually army CID has offered a 50,000 reward for information leading to a resolution in this investigation. And around that same time, the reward was offered. The army CID also said that this death could have been either intention, intentional or unintentional, which is out of them to say, cause that seems to go against what two medical examiners already said that this head was definitely like cut off, um, by a person like using, a weapon. Weapons. Yeah. But this yeah. person was basically Weird. saying, like, like the army CID. I don't even, I don't know what CID is. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know. Anyways. I'm assuming it's like a, yeah. <laughs> an army term. Um, the army CID yeah. was suggesting that maybe, like, it was an accident. Like, he got run over a boat or something like that. <laughs> and then whoever, I just started yelling. I'm sorry. So he's suggesting, like, maybe he got run over by boat. And then whoever did it by accident wanted to cover up, cover it up. And that's why they decapitated his head. 
Um, I don't know. But either either way, it's like it's still it it was still intentional that it was covered up. Like yes, regardless exactly. of what happened, like if he was if he was hit by a boat or whatever happened, like someone still had the like crazy idea to continue with the you know disposal of the body and like potential cover up of a crime. Like exactly. I wouldn't just think like if he got hit like if we were all hanging out and we were like on someone's boat and you got hit by a boat, like I wouldn't be like she's dead let's cut off her head and throw her in the ocean i would be like somebody call the fucking police Literally, like someone yeah. get an ambulance here asap like clearly whoever he was with was like super super sketch not good characters yeah, exactly like i feel like i would turn myself in if i accidentally killed you maybe <laughs> you like yes yeah, if, if there was an accidental death like that is completely different like they're like it's you're calling 911 immediately like they were in the water we hit them with my boat like I'm like please get an ambulance here like whatever like we can't find them stuff like that you yeah. know what i mean like clearly no. they were able to recover his remains like clearly they were able to if he was hit by the boat they were able to recover his remains out of the water to continue doing whatever they needed to do to dispose of it so oh so um there was like one more thing i want to add No, I don't really have anything else. Okay. <laughs> the murder investigation <laughs> moved to cold case status in November 2021. Um, the army did end up closing the case, ending the ending the investigation. Um, and, and there were some other like random facts, like some there was like a Rolling Stone app um article that came out that was like, which I found really crazy. So when I was listening to the um Crime Junkie episode. Ashley mentions mm -hmm. that last year, around the same time, she did an episode on another case where um, a soldier went missing, I think, or was murdered, and it was it wasn't solved. And at that point, she said that there were about twenty homicides um, within the army. That like, what was it? It was, I think it was. There were twenty Fort Bragg soldiers that died in that year, and like it wasn't solved. Then this year, the number jumped up to 44, which seems like a big increase. And I mentioned the Rolling Stone article because that was where it came from. It says at least 44 Fort Bragg soldiers died states, stateside in 2020. Several of them were homicides and families don't have answers for that. Um, there was some speculation. That's just like crazy. So some people, some of the soldiers that he was with are currently being charged with like I think it's a, like unrelated charges. So I know something like one big issue about them being there that weekend was that they. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from this episode at armytimes.com, um, I'll link it also. It says following a lengthy investigation, mm -hmm. three Fort Bragg paratroopers will face criminal charges over a May, 2020 lockdown defying drug fueled outer banks camping trip. Fucking ads getting in my way. Mm. That ended in the beheading of Enrique Roman Martinez. So some of these people are being charged. Um, I don't know. Like, I think the trial's still going on or something like that. But yeah. That's crazy. Talking. That's <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> right? No, that's nuts. Yeah. That's I never like, heard this either. I don't, I don't think I heard I've, it. I was 
I was going to say, like, I haven't seen any news reports on this, and this seems kind of like a big thing, but I feel like with the army and stuff, like, they really don't try and draw attention to cases like this, so it makes sense that we didn't really see anything. Yeah, I feel like they're definitely trying to keep it quiet, and that's why they're not saying much, especially when it came to, like, the one-year anniversary where they really didn't have a lot to say at that point. Um, I think there really wasn't, like, a lot of legitimate, like, news articles about this either. Mm, like very there strange. was a, something from like rolling stone but that was more so about like fort bragg in general um yeah there wasn't really a lot of articles about it so yeah hmm. there is um it's wild let me see i could just read it from here i'm stealing this part from the crime junkie website because it's easiest place to yeah. find it it says if you have any information on this case contact army cid special agent at 1010-396-8777 or submit a tip anonymously, on, anonymously online here. Um, I'm going to link the Crime Junkie episode anyway, so you'll see it there if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Also, <laughs> off topic, but on, not off topic, but on this episode, I was online and I saw that Crime Junkie offers American Sign Language YouTube videos for their episodes. That's so cool. I want to hmm. see it, even though I don't know sign language. Like, cool. Yeah. So I clicked on the link and mm-hmm. it's a girl doing sign language and there's no sound True. to the video, which to me makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's sign language. The first and only mm-hmm. comment on this video is there is no sound in this video. Oh my god. <laughs> that like, is funny. Stupid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh my god, that's insane. That's all I got for you. Uh, that was a good one. That honestly, like I've never heard that case, and I've I've been so bad with I haven't been listening to crime junkies as much. Know, I've same. been listening to a lot of morbid. I'm listening to what was the podcast you told me to listen to last week? The one that Emily told you about. Um, girls remember. gotta maybe eat. I'll just text. I only listened to that one. Episode. Girls gotta eat. I listened to call I her daddy to today because I want, and I don't, I don't really listen to call her daddy. No. I just wanted to listen to Jamie, Jamie Lynn. Spears, yeah. Ew, no. Are you, ugh. Am I team Jamie or are you, <laughs> are you, what are, are you not team Brittany? Don't yeah, even say that you're not Brittany, team Brittany. obviously. Oh, okay, I just okay. was curious to what she had to say, um, but I didn't get through the entire did episode. You, did you see that Brittany literally posted like two hours ago? She just deleted it though. I basically saw that she saying, deleted like, it because I saw the picture of it, but I didn't like see her original post. Oh, the post is so funny. At the end, she was like, I should have I should have slapped you and your mama. And I was like, this is so – she should have. You should have slapped the shit out of her. I'm going to read it because I, I saw someone post it on Twitter. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Like, honestly, like, fuck it. Let, let Brittany, like, say her piece. And, like, Jamie Lynn is a little evil snake for profiting off of, you know, Britney Spears's clear, you know – breakdown in 2008 and allowing the family to profit off of that and to like imprison her basically is insane and I get that she was a child when it happened but she's an adult now and she can do better and she's actively choosing not to so I am (laughs) I am not I am a free Britney and we hate Judas Lynn Spears she can die Judas who is Judas (laughs) That's what they've been calling her because Judas is like someone who backsteps someone in the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. So I got calling her religion. I know that you did. <laughs> I know that you know you. If you miss two classes, you're out. 
Okay, yeah, but I missed like seven. I got left back to, for two years. <laughs> were you in? Were you then in my religion class where they gave us the um? No, they gave us the no, we, we talked bookmarks. about this. Yeah, no. I was in. Oh, yeah, I took yeah. like I was a like, makeup crazy. religion class. Like I had to go on a different day than everybody else, and there was like seven of us in the class. Oh, as like a punishment. It felt like remedial, remedial, what's the word? Remedial I don't know. I for- religion. I, I forgot who I was talking to about this recently, but I was like, confession was so weird. Like, little eight-year-old me having to go, like, just talk to this old man in a robe. Right. About shit that I've done wrong. Like, forced to go talk to him. And uh, you had to have that, like, prayer recited oh and then today i saw a thing that was like she found the perfect like god fearing husband or something it was like some some like murder show that i got like a promo for that like came up on my feed and it was like she found the perfect god fearing husband and i was like what the fuck does that even mean if i met someone like just this woman she's like oh she thought she had found like the perfect you know it was like a tagline to to some new special or whatever like, she thought she had found the perfect God-fearing husband, but he ended up being, like, a nightmare. I was like, if I, if Chris, like, was God-fearing, I would I would think like, he's a nightmare. Oh, what? <laughs> I would think you, I would think that that was the nightmare. I would be like, shut the fuck up. I'd be like, shut the fuck up about this. I would be so mad. Yeah. I, you know, like, I would not be for that. I would think that, the, I, w- I would think that you're a murderer if that's, if that's the tagline you're giving me. <laughs> Um, I'm going back to Jamie Lynn quickly. She, someone posted something on, someone commented on a tweet, I think, or whatever. I don't even know. And it's a, it's a picture of Jamie Lynn and they said, Jamie Lynn kind of looks like Ted Cruz in Jag, in drag. I just said the thing. I just, I just showed that to Chris. No, I showed that literally right before the podcast. I saw that exact tweet and I showed it to Chris because I was like, I, I just filled Chris in on all of the Britney and Jamie Lynn drama, obviously. And he sits there with just like a blank stare and lets me talk. But I'm like, you don't understand all these connections. And then someone tweeted that and I showed it to him because she really does. Like, yeah, I see it now. Yeah. Okay. But this is our episode. Um, we're team Brittany. And if you are not, then please um, stop listening to the podcast. We will not support you. Sorry. Leave us some reviews <laughs> on what team you're on. Yeah. Leave us a review. Yeah. Tell us what team you're on. Give us five stars on Apple or what is the podcast? Whatever podcast platform you can give us five stars on, please Apple. do. Um, But thank you for listening, and we will see you on Friday with a spooky episode.